you ever heard of the Board Ape Yacht Club? Hint, boats and zoos are not involved. Board Ape Yacht Club, B-A-Y-C, frequently referred to as the Board Ape, is an NFT, which means a non-fungible token. It's built on the Ethereum platform using an algorithm. So the question is, what does this have to do with the bear market? Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Welcome to the podcast, Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade, a fiduciary advisor with the fiduciary firm of the same name, Money Matters USA. Fred is the founder and managing director and also contributes to many financial publications and websites and holds a PhD in economics from Duke University. Greetings, Fred Sade. Hello. Yeah. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. And I'm also doing great with great curiosity in wondering... <laughs> What is the Bored Ape Yacht Club? But at, at the end of our previous podcast, we promised to explore the issue of risk. Given the market's heading into bear territory, with, uh, territory, we thought it might be useful to look at risk in the context of bear markets and digital currency. So, Fred, how would you approach the current market? And, and we're recording, by the way, on May 12th. So it, we've had a couple of rocky days. Well, we've had a rocky year, really. That's for sure. Um, well, first thing I will start with is Professor Craig Israelson teaches at Brigham Young University, and he studies uh, portfolio performance, especially during periods of uh, declines uh, and inflation. And his research shows that if you lose 35% 35% of your portfolio in a downturn, in a down market, 40% of the time you will not recover during the next five years. Now, if you're retired, question is, do you have five years to recover? If you think about if you think about it, the stock market can act like a wild animal. The terms that are normally used are bulls and bears. Mm -hmm. Do bulls and bears seem like warm, cuddly, huggable animals? Not, Not really. No. <laughs> yeah, Although dangerous. baby polar bears are cute, but I still wouldn't mess with them. Neither would I. I love to look at them, you know, on the screen, but uh, they're dangerous. You can't take them lightly. You can't ignore them. They're unpredictable, and they act just like the stock market. A bull market means that stocks are going up, and just like bulls running in Pampelona, Spain, yeah. they run over some people. Some people get hurt, and some of them get killed. Another example, and we've seen Hollywood movies with this, is bull riding uh, in a rodeo or even you know in a bar. I mean, you win 
in a rodeo if you can ride that bull for seven seconds. Seven seconds, all it takes. Seven seconds. That's all. Harder than that's it all sounds. It <laughs> there, yeah, seven seconds is an eternity if you're riding a bull. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it really is. A bear is a large animal. It's got big teeth, big claws. Can be very dangerous. If you try to dance with a bear, you can get mauled <laughs> by the bear. Well, a bear market, of course, means the market is going down. If you think of a bear market, think of it as the market is attacking you, and you're going to usually lose because you don't have any power or control over the bear. You're going to be lucky just to survive. So that brings me really to the elephant that's sitting there right in the center of the room. And what's the elephant? So let's talk about your money and the stock market, which has been on a bull run since March of 2009, except for the month of March in 2020, when the Fed started to tighten and the market swooned. So the Fed reversed policy and accommodated the stock market. Now, if we use March 2009 as our benchmark, the market has recorded the largest bull stock market in history. So for almost 10 years, the market has basically gone up and it's never had more than a 20% correction. Mm -hmm. So why is this statistic important? Well, simply because the laws of gravity apply here. What goes up got to come down. And the more it goes up, the more it comes down and the harder it falls. The market has cycles. And if you're nearing retirement, and if you or if you're in retirement, you simply cannot afford a large loss. Think about it. Can you afford a large loss if you're in that situation? No, and it's no, not near retirement or in retirement. You're exactly right. Maybe when you're 30. You know, people usually think the stock market will go up. And, and the bull market, as you said, it's about 10 years old when we just entered the bear market. So we're 10 years in on the bull. The decline is over uh, 20%, uh, the, the definition of a correction. So... Um, it's also important to understand that there are bear markets, too. The cost of everything is going up, as we all know. Interest rates, oil, gasoline, the markets are telling us something. And if the markets are going uh, down for the next five weeks, there will be no denying we're in a bear market. Is that correct, uh, Fred, or would, would it even be a recession? We've already had one yeah. quarter of negative growth. Right. Uh, uh, right now, there is a reluctance to admit that we are in a bear market and there is a reluctance to admit that we are in a recession. And there are some people that are going to argue, uh, you know, about that. And I was on a couple of calls yesterday with uh, university professors and, and they just, while they are extremely critical about the Federal Reserve, uh, and about Chairman Powell personally, well, not personally, but, you know, it's not an attack on him. It's, it's an attack on it's it's criticizing the policies. Still don't want to admit that we're in a bear market yet. Now, we have been in a deflationary cycle for 30 years. We've had low interest rates. 
And as, as most people know, the Fed was complaining that they couldn't get the interest rate up to 2%. They were at 1.8, 1.9, 1.8. It was going back and forth. But that was really a function of their own policies. But now we're in an inflationary cycle. We have increasing interest rates. We ha we're having a drop in productivity. That's something that needs to be to be watched uh, because some again some people think we're we're going into the Jimmy Carter phenomena, which is the stagflation. We ha we have uh, decreasing productivity, we have economic stagnation, and we have a lot of spending and money creation, and that creates uh, inflation. So if you're looking at your 401k. You're going to be frightened, and and I have some people telling me that you know they're they're shivering even if they're sitting in Miami Beach. So <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> yeah, it is. Now, just to get some context, and I have to say that uh, we we don't have a lot of uh, of context here in the United States because we really have to look. Um, we can go back to 1871 or 1875, 1878. It doesn't really much matter going back that that far. So mo most most studies start with 1929. Occasionally they'll start with um, with World War One. But uh, since 1929, and you can you can count them. Uh, there have been 13 bear markets. The average loss is really about 40%, minus 39.5. So let's round it and say it's 40% negative. Mm -hmm. and that, to most people that I show this chart to say to me, well, you know, it's, it's 1929. It's not really that bad. Look, we're, we're sitting here, you know, uh, at this point, what's the big deal? But what that means is that there's a negative 20% correction every two and a half to three years. Now, think about this. Every two and a half to three years, the market's going to correct a minus 20%. And every seven years, we're going to get a, 30, a minus 39.5% correction. So the real elephant in the room is what we're now experiencing. We are overdue for this drop to happen. Um in fact, we were two years yeah. overdue. So remember, it's, it's not an if the market is going to go down. It's not an if the market is going to correct. The issue is is a when. Now, we had more stimulus than Europe did, so we have more inflation than Europe does. I mean, it's, it's, it's really a, a function uh, of that. And Milton Friedman... Uh, said very clearly that if the Fed expands the money supply by greater than 4% within 12 to 18 months, we will have inflation. And, and this, once again, uh, proves uh, the validity of uh, Milton Friedman's uh, research on this subject. And the other thing that he said uh, that's relevant here is that inflation is, a, is purely and always a monetary uh, phenomena. So one of the questions that I always ask new clients and potential new clients is, do they believe they will see a minus 40% market loss in their lifetime? We, we have, have. I mean, what was it? Um, 08? What was that? What was 08, 09? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So will it come again? It's almost like, too, thinking about because you mentioned we had more stimulus here than Europe. And uh, then now we're dealing with inflation and the stimulus. uh, Did it delay the eventual bear? And does that make the fall harder? Because it was delayed? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. uh, and I was listening to Professor Siegel, uh, one, of the, one of the more interesting calls. Uh, at, at, you know, he's at Penn and Wharton, um, and he's really the brains behind the Wisdom Tree funds. Um, and, and he, he uh, was very critical of Chairman Powell's policies, not him personally, but the policies. Yeah, very, very far behind. The, um, the interest rate um, curve, um, he pointed out, as have, as have others, that uh, it should have started last year uh, when the economy was doing very well and the tightening uh, uh, could have occurred. Now, now remember, that there's the, the, the quantitative tightening, the bond sell-off has not occurred yet. Mm-hmm. This is all conversation, mm-hmm. and the market is reacting. Remember, the market always anticipates it's always acting on the future so the market is anticipating what's going to happen and and, um but that hasn't happened yet the only thing that happened is we 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 got a um too modest interest rate increases and the market has a couple more baked in 50 percent uh 50 basis points i should say sorry 50 basis points for um june 50 basis points for July, and that's where we are. Uh, it's like right, we're taking right the now. Band-Aid and easing it off instead of, should we have just ripped it off? <laughs> and, well, or would that have been know, dangerous too? Well, the Federal, the Federal Reserve has only, only had one uh, solution that, that it's ever had, and, and, and that is to keep tightening un, un, until it induces a recession. And if you, if you look at the three, well, let's say three major errors that the Fed has made. Uh, num- one, one was uh, in World War I, uh, they, they, went to, they went to tightening, and they didn't have any concept of quantitative easing then, so mm-hmm. we had the Liberty Bond loans. So that's and then secondly was in 1932, 1933, where the Fed tightened again, made the recession worse, did the same thing in 1937, made it worse. And then I would say the third major mistake is what they've done by, by failing to, to address the liquidity issue. Do you think uh, now last year we're in the third now mistake? I, we are. Yeah. Wow. In my opinion, we are wow. uh, right now. Now, if, if the thing, most, most investors are not sophisticated enough to, to trade options and futures. So they're really working with the market going up or down or sideways. So if you think the market's going to go up, always go up and never go down, you probably should not have money that you need for financial security invested in the stock market. In other words, if we use a bucket approach, the first bucket should be your liquidity bucket. You, you don't have to get any return on that bucket whatsoever. That's, that's the bucket that you get your income from. That's your paycheck replacement bucket. And, and that's that money should not be in the market. Most 
people think that big stock market losses, you know, are terrible kinds of losses. But the the, the market, when the, when the market has a major loss, bonds are supposed to offset stocks. In other words, stocks go up, bonds are supposed to go down. When bonds go up, stocks go down. That's, that's the rationale for a 50-50, 60-40 uh, portfolio. The problem is when you have this kind of sell-off, we've had this before, but when you, when you have it and stocks and bonds are correlated together and they're both acting in the same way. So in other words, bonds are going up, stocks are going up. Bonds are going down, stocks are going down. Then, so this, this is why the 60-40 portfolio has been criticized because it's not providing adequate downside uh, protection. So, but the other thing that people ha don't often realize is that big stock market losses are normal. Um, and they're normal in the market, both short and long term, and in the economic cycle. So here's another way that you can think about it. Since the market create, cor corrects every two and a half to three years and has a, a major drawdown, which is 20% negative every seven years on average, and that's been true since 1929. In other words, since 1929, the stock market suffers about a 40% loss every seven years. So shouldn't you consider this cycle predictable? Well, if, if you're in your late 70s, you're in your 80s, you're probably going to experience another 40% loss during your lifetime. And if you're over age 55, you should expect to see corrections and losses on the cycle that I've just described every two and a half to three years and every seven years. It's predictable. So this means if we have a couple who's 55 years of age right now, they should expect at least five or more 40% losses. Wow. And wow, that really speaks to something we always talk about when you retire plan with people for their retirement. And that is how you have to look ahead uh, over decades, as you just did, and just what you could expect over the course of your retirement. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, Fred will present a case study of Ted and Diane, a hypothetical 65-year-old couple with a $1 million portfolio. That's coming up. Are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? You can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover. Many people want safety and the guarantee of principle, but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market. And now you can have both. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. We're back with Money Matters USA. Here's the website. You can uh, learn more about this fiduciary firm, moneymattersusa.net. You get great information on this podcast every week from Fred, and it would things start resonating and getting you thinking and getting you thinking about your retirement and wondering, do you have proper planning? Then Fred's available with the phone call, 800-593-8188, 800-593-8188. 
I also encourage you to share this uh, podcast and rate and certainly like and and uh, check out our companion video series. That's an easy find on YouTube. You can simply on YouTube search Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. That's Fred Sade, S-A-I-D-E. Well, we're going to talk about Ted and Diane. And this is a hypothetical couple, of course, 65 years old. They have a $1 million portfolio. What happens when they experience that normal market cycle? What you've been talking about, Fred? Okay, so follow me on this. So they're retired. At age 67, suppose they lose 40% of their portfolio. And so that million is now at 600000 assuming there's no fees and no withdrawals. Now, the math is, is relentless. The math says they need a positive, a plus 67% rate of return by age 74 just to recover all their losses and to be back at $1 million assuming no fees and no income distributions. So everything is fine. Well, is it? So at age 74, their $1 million portfolio loses 40% again. They're right back down to 600000 They need a 67 plus 67% rate of return a second time. And now they're 81. They've, they've got their losses back. They're back at $1 million, assuming no fees and no income distributions. Okay, so now they're at age 81, and their million-dollar portfolio loses 40% a third time. They're back down at 600000 They need the same 67% rate of return, third time now, to get to age 88, to recover their losses, be back at $1 million, assuming no fees and no income distributions. All right, they're at age 88. That's life expectancy. And once again, for the fourth time now, they lose 40%. Their assets are at 600000 So at this point, my question is, what happens if they need long-term care? Mm, How yeah. are they going to feel leaving less to their beneficiaries? And I'm thinking about this, and I'm saying, you know what? This, this reminds me of the hamster wheel. The little hamster is running, running, running as hard as it can. It's mm -hmm. making a lot of noise. It's grunting, but it's getting nowhere, anywhere, and it's just like your portfolio. Right. Yeah, the hamster's yeah. getting in good shape, but not going anywhere. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, it's going to run the marathon. <laughs> right. uh, now, I know that people listening to this may, may think that what I just said is shocking, but it's important in helping the soon to be retiree and those who are in retirement to help you prioritize your number one financial goal. Your number one financial goal, in my opinion, is protect your assets against a big stock market loss for your entire lifetime. Now, Professor Derek Horsmeyer of George Mason University, and by the way, he he has a blog, and he also writes monthly for the Wall Street Journal. Now, sometimes it, it gets published on the weekend edition. Sometimes it's uh, on the digital edition uh, of, the, uh, of the journal. I was just in a uh, session with him last week where he did a major presentation. And uh, what Professor Horsmeyer um, 
studies is how different asset classes perform at different points in the inflation cycle. Now, one of the points that he makes is inflation is not a continuous cycle. It has different inflection points. And there are some assets that do very well early in the inflation cycle and do poorly later. And some assets that do poorly at the beginning of the inflation cycle do much better in, in, the, in the later stage. And his research, uh, res the results of his research is that you could not and would not be able to predict just by listening to your broker or your advisor or the talking heads on television or streaming video, you can't predict from that how the market will act during the inflationary cycles, and that's plural. So I would encourage anybody that is interested to, uh, to look up uh, Professor Horstmeyer, H-O-R-S-T-M-E-Y-E-R. It's at George Mason University. If you have a subscription uh, to the Wall Street Journal, have a digital subscription as well, you can find his column there, his latest column, which came out uh, last Friday time for the weekend edition, uh, or his blog. Well, with high interest rates and inflation, certainly we're experiencing that, uh, many to-be retirees and retirees really don't know how much risk they're taking. They worry about losing money, but they don't realize the potential financial jeopardy they're in. You've really pointed it out on the podcast today, but do they realize, though, the risk and, or, and think they need the risk to make big gains? That's a great question. Some people do not understand uh, risks. And there are others that are willing to... Um, just to sail right into the wind and they're willing to take big risks. They, they think this is, this is kind of typical now. They think they have a million dollar portfolio. And this is, this is a very typical conversation, particularly for, for some do it yourselfers. have a million dollar portfolio and they think if I take a big risk and it goes up 50% and then it goes down 50%, I'm back where I'm started from. So I'm playing with the house's money. So what's the big deal, Fred? What, what, are you, what, what are you making a big deal out of this for? And what I say to them and what I demonstrate to them is, look, math is not fair. Ma this may come as a shock to you. Math is relentless. So let me explain the math to you. If you have a million-dollar portfolio and it grows to one and a half million, and you lose minus 50%, you have lost more than 500,000. In re reality, your portfolio is not worth 1 million, it's worth 750,000. So here mm -hmm. is the math, and everybody can do this math for yourself. The math is 1,500,000 multiplied against minus 50%. And when you do that, you'll see that the answer is 750,000. And if that took place over a total of five years, how would you feel? Wow. Yeah. I, I don't care what your broker or your advisor says. You do not benefit from this type of risk. You are not playing with the house's money. You're playing with your, your own, own money, and that's what you're betting. Yeah, your own money, and the numbers don't lie. Uh, Fred, you said that you would speak to digital currency. Yeah, because we started off with the Board Ape Yacht Club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, the Board Ape Yacht Club. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so here, here is here is my take. Uh, as far as digital 
currency goes, there is an argument out there that digital currency is both a store of value and it's a medium of exchange. So I would have to say best the best case that you could make right now is not proven, the Scottish verdict, if, if, if you will. So what we've seen is that when the market drops, digital currency drops. So digital currency right now is correlated with the stock market. And initially, digital currency was tracking the S&P 500, but now it's not. It's, it's tracking the NASDAQ, and the NASDAQ has had over 20% drop. So uh, right now, digital currency is not an independent asset. It has to be classified uh, as, as an equity asset, even though for tax purposes, it's looked at as a commodity. So look at it as a high-risk asset. And because it is dropping right now, it's not a hedge against uh, inflation. So maybe at some point it will be an independent asset, um, but that's not where it is right now. Now, there's a lot of debate right now on whether or not um, digital ETFs should be allowed in 401k plans. Um, We know know that there's some research that was just published this morning uh, by a company called uh, Grayscale, uh, and they've been looking at Bitcoin, and they've been looking at investors who own Bitcoin in 2021, to where they are right now. And what they're saying, uh, and I'm just paraphrasing now, what they're saying is a big chunk of these Bitcoin investors are right now, they're in the red right now, and they have lost a considerable amount of their uh, investment. So, um, so far as the Bored Ape Yacht Club, I love <laughs> that phrase. Wikipedia says that it, it is the single most important NFT. That's a non-fungible token. So there's a lot of intellectual property that's involved in owning Bored Apes as an NFT, a non-fungible token. I'm not aware that it's being used or even intended to be used uh, as uh, the same as Bitcoin. Now, I, I know that Bored Apes gets a lot of crude comments, <laughs> maybe because of the way comics and, and the comic writers think about what apes do in the forest. You can use your, your own uh, imagination. Well, you know, uh, the uh, ape is another um, animal that I would be very respectful of because they can be dangerous as well. I did keep an inventory here, Fred, um, of the animals referenced by you on the show today. Bears, bulls, elephants in the room, and apes. So there you go. Yep. <laughs> it was a very yep. animal-oriented show today. But good as always, I mean, what you know and what you share with us just proves that you're keeping up with the game. And that's important to have uh, someone who does that with you, especially entering the retirement phase of your life, looking at risk, uh, putting together the right strategies for you. And as an added bonus with a fiduciary responsibility to act in your best interest. And that is Fred. Now, to reach Fred wherever you are listening to the podcast, 800-593-8188, 800-593-8188. Uh, the website is moneymattersusa.net. And you can also search for the companion video series on YouTube, Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. S-A-I-D-E. Well, that's another great podcast next week, an accurate measurement of your true risk. Look forward to it, Fred. Same here. 
And this hope- is a lot of fun. I'm look, I have my looking at my terminal on my screen here, and uh, it's carnage again. Uh, oh, once, on once, Wall Street again. I'm looking at Bitcoin, yeah. and uh, it's uh, it's dropping, and it's dropping pretty close to the same rate that the Nasdaq is. Not quite. The Bitcoin's dropping faster than the Nasdaq, but I'm looking at the at the terminal right now. Yeah. It's ugly. Well, the good news is, I mean, it's all red here. We're recording, by the way, on May 12th. It's all red, but crude oil is green. huh? It's up. (laughs) I don't know. That's not good, is it? Or is it? Well, yeah. um, Yeah. um, Yeah. uh, You know, it's not. I mean, it's uh, crude and Brent crude are uh, are both up. Natural gas is down and gold's a bit down. Um, yeah, no, um, it, it's not. I mean, I, I, I went by gas station a few days ago and I, I saw that um, diesel was over $6 a gallon. A lot of people uh, I've heard or I, I heard a, uh, a person who runs a, a, a truck stop. Uh, and he was saying he was out of diesel one day this week. I, I can believe it. Out it, of diesel it, it, at a truck stop. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I, I, I read uh, on the terminal that some of the factories that normally produce gasoline, and this is a problem, too, because they got to produce the summer blend. Uh, but that's an issue because they're, they're going to use a winter blend. In the summer, which which means that there's uh, more. Oh, that's uh, right. We we don't want stuff. Yeah, and and but it also means that 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 the factories are the refineries switching to manufacture more diesel. I mean, because this economy uh, it, it depends on trucks, and, right. uh, and but that means that increases the gasoline shortage. What and, the other? And, wow, it's so many factors increasing it too. And this is what um, I was curious about. You mentioned the summer blend, and that is normally what makes it go up in the summer. And everyone blames yeah. it on, oh, they do it. It's a conspiracy. They do it because they know we're going to be traveling. But it actually is mostly attributed to the summer blend, isn't it? Yes, that that's correct. And now there's going to be a shortage of summer blend, and that's why the administration said, you know, continue to manufacture winter blend. Uh-huh. But winter blend is tough. On the cylinders, of course. Now consider that many of the cars, the newer cars, are, are four-cylinder engines, and and they run very hot because of the way the engines are tuned to match the transmission to get performance out of out of these four cylinders. That you got to get people have to have the illusion that they're getting the same, you know, the same uh, giddy up and go as they got out of their own <laughs> six cylinders. Right, uh, they're uh-huh. running four now. So oh man, it's a mess. It, it, it is. is. We're in a is, weird this time. This is a very messy. This is a very messy situation, and I am afraid that this is going to get worse before it uh, before it gets better. I mean, I'd, li- I'd like to be optimistic and, and say that it's going but to get you better. You also I mean, want to need to be realistic, <laughs> and so you yeah. are, and and well, you're going to yeah. call it as 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 you see it in in incoming podcast. You'll also do that. We'll follow it together, Fred. We will. We will. Thanks for being with us. Join us uh, for another podcast dropping in another week right here and wherever you download your podcast. It's Money Matters USA.
Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.